Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we discuss everything from parenting tips and strategies to early childhood development, all the way to the nitty grittiness of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and I am doing this episode solo today. Usually, my husband and co-host, Zach Smith, is with me, but he's not here with me today, but it's all good. What we'll be talking about is assessments and evaluations. So if you are a parent who's concerned about your child's speech and language development or motor development, cognitive development, any sort of those things, this is the perfect episode to listen to because this isn't common knowledge for most parents, especially if you want to get your child assessed or evaluated. I will be interchanging those two words, evaluated, assessed, and basically it means the same thing. But I'm going to go over how to get them assessed from zero to three years old and also from three and onward because you don't know what you don't know, right? To give you a little bit of my background, just in case this is the first time you're listening to a Making Learning Special episode or the podcast, my name is Madonna Lazo-Smith again. I'm a speech-language pathologist. I focus on the pediatric population, and I specialize in early intervention. So early intervention would be from zero to three or about zero to five years old. So birth all the way to preschool age is early intervention for the most part. So I'm just going to dive right into it. If you're concerned, again, of any part of your child's development, the first thing is if your child is under three years old, usually, and I'm talking about um, mainly in America, I know I have some listeners in the UK and some listeners in Australia, and your processes and the information might differ, but it's still you know, it's still helpful to tune in, to give you some ideas, to possibly know where to initiate an evaluation or an assessment, even though the processes might be slightly different. So I'm mainly talking about the United States, all right, because this is where um, I live and I'm familiar with. So when your child is under three years old, they go through wellness checkups with their um, physician or pediatrician, right? And they make you fill out these checklists. And sometimes those checklists tells them, okay, um, this child might be needing more support and assistance, and we are going to refer them to early intervention or to get a speech and language assessment or to get a uh, full evaluation or a cognitive assessment, uh, any sorts of assessment, right? So the first step is usually going to your pediatrician when your child is under three years old. So they either say something or you let them know and shoot them a message on their your platform for whatever insurance company you have, or you can talk to them during your child's wellness checkup. I advise that if you find um, that you have a concern about your child's development to not wait, to not wait and see if you don't have a wellness checkup in the next, I don't know, six months, right? Okay. If your child is about to turn two years old and you're like, I'll just wait until my child's two. It's better to communicate and get in contact with your child's pediatrician and ask so they will let you know um, if they you need to fill out and more paperwork, which usually it's a lot of paperwork, but it's all worth it, right? 
and they most likely will give you a questionnaire if they haven't given it to you yet. So for zero to three years old, in most states, it goes to your insurance or a um, state agency that will help you and support you with speech and language, motor development, and all the things that I had mentioned previously. So what will happen is you'll go get an assessment, see if your child qualifies for services, and if your child does qualify, services start. So what happens is for zero to three, it's usually the natural environment for the most case. So they go to your home to do therapy or to provide services. Some also provide services in their actual location, right? Usually I like to do more of the natural environment for parents, whether it is in person or whether it is virtual because that's where the research is, where it shows that the child's natural environment with the people that your child's familiar with, they get a lot of success in that way, especially early on in this framework as they're getting older, right? As they're developing, you guys are their primary teacher as parents. So um, what it encompasses is oftentimes kids either go through their insurance and they have progress reports every usually six months because kids from zero to three especially develop so rapidly that from um, six months from now, your child may look a lot different. So they have a progress report every six months. Sometimes um, if your child does qualify for the state early intervention program, they have something called the IFSP, Individualized Family Service Plan. Again, it's IFSP, Individualized Family Service Plan. And what this is, is that it encompasses where your child is currently, your concerns, your priorities, and where you want your child to be as a team of you as a parent and the specialists that you're working with. What you guys decide is appropriate for your child in getting them to the next level, target goals, and um, what else? Um, anything of that sort um, talks about their plan of care. So that's what the IFSP is. If your child continues to need services after three years old, usually it goes from a state agency or a, um, you could still go through your insurance, the state agency, and it transfers into your school district. So it could go either way. I hope you're following me as I talk about this. So there are, there's medical diagnosis for your child, right? And usually that goes with the zero to three kind of medical slash educational-ish, but when um, when your child goes to school, it's usually the educational side of it, where your child can get services through their school district, right, education, and they might also qualify and get services medically. So I have kids that I see. I serve mainly kids um, with insur insurance, right, my, my private practice. So with kids who are... I see 
they have a medical diagnosis, but they also get services at school and they have an educational diagnosis and educational target goals that might differ from what we're working on in our speech and language therapy sessions. So when your child gets an evaluation, goes through therapy, they're about three years old, you have a meeting with your team and there's something called a transition where you talk about if your child continues to need services and they get re they get assessed by the school district and the specialists that they deemed appropriate depending on your child's needs and seeing if your child continues to need support after the age of three. And that will transition into your child getting services in the school district if they qualify. Qualifications may be different. And let me know in other, um, after listening to this episode if you have any questions as well, okay? So let me continue on with this. If your child is three and older, three years old, five years old, at any point in their educational career, even a child in high school, child in middle school, you can always, always, always get an assessment from your local school district. And I say this because this is federal mandated um, law, basically, that the public school system provides or um, provides support or um, lets parents um, know that they can assess their child or um, I'm running out of words here. <laughs> Usually I have um, Zach here to help me out, but it's all good. <laughs> so at any point in their, your child's educational career, you can get an assessment. So if your child is about three or four years old, for example, and you're thinking, oh, I don't understand my child too well, or there's people telling me that um, his speech isn't really like other kids, or he's not producing certain sounds like he's supposed to, but I'm not sure because I'm not the expert. Or if you have some concerns that they're not, um, your child might not be progressing how other same age peers might be progressing at any point you can go to your local school district and ask for an assessment. And how this works is that you write a formal letter. It could be email or it could literally be a written letter. In this day and age, we do email, right? But you state your child's name, your child's date of birth and age, your concerns, and that you are requesting for an evaluation. What type of evaluation is... If you're just concerned about speech and language, you can say, I am requesting for a formal speech and language assessment or evaluation. Or if you're concerned about more than speech and language, an example of this is that if your child is already getting therapy medically and um, your child will be going to school but not receiving any services at school yet, Maybe your child got a diagnosis of autism medically, and we have speech therapy for your child. Maybe they have something called ABA, Applied Behavioral Analysis Therapy for your child, but he's not in the school system yet, in the educational system. You can ask for a um, full evaluation. So 
basically that encompasses not just speech and language that may encompass um, motor cognition, self-help, adaptive self-help. Uh, what am I missing here? So I said speech and language, social emotional development. Okay, so that's a full evaluation. It's not necessarily, so for speech evaluation, yeah, we screen for different parts of development, but this is going into each developmental areas a little bit more in detail for a full assessment. Okay, so when your child is three and over to see if they qualify for services, and this is through the public school system, it's called Free and Appropriate Public Education, FAPE, F-A-P-E, um, is the acronym for it, okay? So you ask for an assessment, they have about 15 business days to get back to you. Be mindful that depending on what part of the calendar year you're in and writing this request they might be in spring break they might be in summer break or any sorts of those things and some school district or districts are really impacted and they have a lot of evaluations lined up but um, be mindful that it's about 15 business days for them to get back to you you can even write that in your letter I understand you have about you have 15 business days business days to get back to me and keep track of that. So if needed, they could be top of mind or you can be the on top of mind for them and contact them again if it's way past that timeline, right? And I mentioned this because all this is all the legal part of it. This is the timeline. These are the timelines that we abide by when I used to work in a school district. And um, we have to make sure that we um, we basically follow these rules, right? Then they have, after they contact you, they give you something called a, um, an assessment plan after asking you a few questions, possibly. The processes, depending on the district, may differ slightly, but they will give you an assessment plan. They uh, will mark what you or your child is getting assessed for. And you sign it saying that you understand that your child's getting assessed for this and you consent for them being evaluated. And this whole process, the whole timeline from when the assessment plan was signed all the way to figuring out if your child qualifies for services is about 60 days. And usually I believe from the top of my head, because I haven't done these types of meetings in a while, but it's 60 days in total where you know um, you've signed assessment plan and you go through the assessment evaluation and a meeting to determine if your child is eligible for services so they will give you dates of when they're available to evaluate or assess your child and depending on what type of evaluation it might take longer or it might take a bit shorter it might take an hour it might take three hours to evaluate to do the evaluation after the evaluation, they will give you a date or they will propose a date, I would say, and see when you can have a meeting. And this meeting for a school district, for a child who's three years old and older, it's called an IEP meeting. So Individualized Education Plan. So that's the document that you will be going over alongside the assessment results to see if your child qualifies for services. Okay.
And if your child qualifies, perfect. Your child qualifies, they get into services, then you go through an IEP meeting annually to talk about progress on goals, to talk about any updates and so on and so forth. Okay, so you have an annual IEP meeting, Individualized Education Plan with the school district. But you also get progress reports, kind of like um, report cards. During report card season, you'll get, um, if your child's school-aged, school right, you get a report card alongside the progress report that they're working on for speech therapy or for other therapies that your child is attending through the school district. While a child is going through this educationally, you might also be able to get your child extra services, but this is through your medical insurance. So these are two separate services, even though it might be speech therapy at school and speech therapy with your private speech therapist um, to see if they're in network with your insurance. Okay, so moving forward, moving forward, a key thing to note is that, again, I did mention this, but it's worth mentioning again, that at any point of your child's educational career, if they are attending a public school system, you can request for an evaluation. So for example, if your child, if your child has had an, an evaluation and they deem that their child did not qualify for services at that time and um, your child's not getting services, when your child's a bit older or if you notice that your child has plateaued or has not um, progressed at a rate that basically the team, the IEP team had anticipated, then you could ask for a reassessment, right? It really depends on the school district how long you can ask for a reassessment, but it shouldn't be shorter than six months. You can't be like, oh, okay, well, uh, can you reassess and see if things changed after a month, right? But I've, I've gone through this with some of my clients where a kiddo barely, barely, barely um, did not make it to having services. He didn't make the eligibility for receiving services at that certain time. So he may have had low, low average scores at the time of the assessment with the school district. But he wasn't progressing as much as they had anticipated or with the suggestions they had, um, he was still not progressing, right? So what tends to happen is that parents can ask for a reevaluation because your child can look differently after six months, after a year, and they may qualify for services at that time. So that's one key thing to note as well. A big thing about IEP meetings is that uh, things to have that will be helpful is see if you could get a draft of the IEP or a draft of the assessment ahead of time so you could look over it. Because unless you're very familiar with the verbiage, very familiar with this format, very familiar with the meetings, it can be overwhelming for parents to sit in a meeting with professionals or even just a speech language pathologist and going through this information page by page because it can be a lot of pages and a lot of information all at once. So if you could get a draft of the evaluation or a draft of something that you could look at, at least it gives you something to, to prepare 
and maybe ask questions. So another thing that I suggest for parents is that if they have any questions, if they have any concerns, they didn't get to say it during the evaluation, go ahead and note them down, write them down. And during the IEP meeting, go ahead and have a notebook if you are a pencil and paper kind of person or feel free to write your own notes. This is how you could be proactive in your child's IEP meeting and supports and services. Ask questions is a huge one. When I used to run IEP meetings with after an evaluation, I really did appreciate families asking questions if they didn't understand, stopping me if they didn't know what something um, was what something meant, because sometimes we just get in the flow of things, thinking that families, okay, they get it, they get it, they're nodding their head, okay. But you as a parent, prepare yourself, write things down, write questions down, have a notebook if you need to, have notes, have somebody there and ask um, if you have somebody who can help you and who's familiar with the IEP process or just an extra support person, then by all means, ask the evaluator or the person running the meeting prior to the meeting, of course, because they have to put who's attend who will be attending the meeting, ask them if so-and-so can attend the meeting with you as an extra support. That is totally fine as well. Because what we don't want you to do, what we don't want to happen is that your child gets this evaluation because you're just going through the motions because it was just recommended to you and you're just going through it and you don't know what's going on with your child's um, services like oh I didn't know he was diagnosed this way or I didn't know that he was getting xyz services or oh I thought he was getting this but he's not okay so that covers that part of it I do want to cover just one part of the IEP process as well is that sometimes parents ask about private school and how that works if your child will still get services through the public school system even though they're attending a private school so usually the services that go to your child if your child goes to a private school is not the same level of service as they would get in the public school system if they were there. So it may vary depending on what service it is, but your child, if your child is attending a private school or a school outside of the public school system, their services will be modified. Okay. So we went through a whole shebang of things and I tried to make sure that I repeated things for you all and that I gave examples and hopefully this episode is helpful. Let me know after this episode if you have any follow-up questions, if you think your child needs to get assessed. If your question is, hey, um, I have concerns, uh, do you think my child needs to get assessed? I would say go back to the beginning of this episode and seeing where your child is. Is your child under three years old? Is your child over three years old? And start initiating that way, whether you're initiating with the pediatrician or whether you're contacting the school district. All right. So if you guys found value from this episode, please, please, please go ahead, share away. We love doing these episodes, Zach and I, even though he's not here right now, but we love doing these episodes for you guys and giving you this information. So if you did find value from it, please give us a five-star review on the podcast uh, platform that you're tuning into. And we look forward to hearing back from you guys. I'll see you in our next episode.